0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I was going to bring him in right now. It's Javi Reyes, the host with the most, as I paraphrase Beetlejuice. Ladies and gentlemen, Javi Reyes who is the host of Lockdown Padres, where he covers all year round your San Diego Padres. How you doing, buddy?
0: I am doing pretty fantastic, all things considered, with my team. That is greatly underachieving, I think. Uh, because overall, look, one, it's the end of August. Finally, the dog day summer, dare I say, are, are in its uh, waning moment. So I'm very happy about that. And you know, bottom line is it's, it's, it's good to be out here. You know what I mean? Yeah, It's good to be out. Well,
1: we're recording this on the evening of August 24th, 2022. And uh, the Padres played a home game against the Cleveland Guardians and Cal Quantrill started for the Guardians. Blake Snell started, is that the correct term of what he did for San Diego? (laughs) Um, Let's just say that for uh, let's be safe for six of the nine innings, the Cleveland Guardians did not score. I'm trying to see the glasses half full. uh the final score was seven nothing it, and the and again, I'm trying to be positive. if the Padres had forfeited the game and not shown up, the final score would have officially been nine nothing. So they did better than if they didn't show up but uh Jose uh, Ramirez homered it was it was not a pretty day. And Cal Quantrill pitched quite well. Thank you very much. Final score was seven, Bagel, Cleveland. And uh, and that's the end of that series. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to MLB.com. Uh, and I do believe that uh, this show, which is probably going to drop on the 25th, the Padres are idle. So, again, I'm seeing the glass is half full. The Padres will not lose on Thursday. So uh, tell, before we go on to some of the minutiae, what what happened today with this uh, with this blowout in, in Petco?
0: Um, I think Blake Snell just had an off day. And for the most part of the second half of the season, Blake Snell has been pretty awesome. Uh, it does come at a poor time, though, I think, for Blake Snell, who faced a pretty good Cleveland team that's very patient. You've got guys like Stephen Kwan in that lineup. Obviously, you have Ramirez, like you mentioned. Um What's his name? Andres Jimenez, which is amazing trade return uh, for the Guardians, considering they trade Lindor. Lindor obviously still better. But if you're going to trade a star, then that's been a pretty great return for them. And they got Rosario
1: in that trade as well. I mean, they wound up getting
0: a middle of the infield for in that deal. So, yeah, they're they're just they're killing it out there uh, in Cleveland. Uh, I think that they should have done more at the deadline. But nonetheless, they're set up pretty good. And I do think that overall, Cleveland is not. You know, the AL Central last year, the White Sox might have been an AL Central merchant, just kind of beating up on a lot of really poor teams. Minnesota was one of the worst in baseball last year. Cleveland was just kind of mad. They were a little mediocre. And then you had Kansas City, and then you had whoever the heck is in that division. I forgot even the Detroit Detroit Tigers. That's right. That's why I can't even remember them because they're just so bad, right? But this year, I actually think Cleveland is just a a genuinely really good team. Uh, So. But even with all that said, it's not you can't really excuse everything from the pods here. They played horribly. They only scored one run in this two-game set. And I think that the issue with the team is you're kind of seeing a lot of the mojo seems to already have been gone from the trade deadline. And that's not to say that they're done. That means that it didn't work and that it was a bad trade and blah, blah, blah. Because Juan Soto himself has been fantastic. And it is worth noting that he did not play in these two games with a little bit of a back injury. So even with that said, though, the Padres are kind of showing you and reminding you that, yeah, it's still a full season that needs to be played, and they need to step up offensively. Uh, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell. Bell a little bit heating up lately. He had two home runs in the last series that they played against the Nats, which was nice. He had a couple singles in this one. Uh, but overall, it's just not a combined team effort, not to mention, again, with the bad vibes, Tatis' suspension. Uh, The Google. Yeah as I'm going to be calling him from now on on my podcast, the goober guy Um, just that, that feels like it killed a lot of the momentum. And there's a lot of guys that are struggling right now. I don't think they're done at all because Milwaukee doesn't scare me at all. I think that team is boring and I just don't under, if you play them in the playoffs, I think congratulations to moving on to the next round. But I think that there's definitely some concern that, you know, they gave up a lot of assets at the deadline. So you have to wonder whether or not they have the flexibility to make changes in the future. Well,
1: first of all, this is going to be a strange sentence for you to hear, but I want you to, you know, buckle up <laughs> for it. The thing that should make you happy right now is the Los Angeles Dodgers are playing Milwaukee and Milwaukee mm-hmm. is the team that is directly behind San Diego for the third wild card spot. And as of this recording, the game is not over, and those of you listening will probably be hearing it after the game is over. But Los Angeles is up 4-1 to one over Milwaukee, which is good news for San Diego. Uh, it It is a surreal uh, a few weeks. When a team supposedly wins the trade deadline, mm-hmm. then you think they're just going to go on a massive run. It appears that the team that won, as of right now, it appears the team that won the trade deadline is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. who did not trade their assets for Juan Soto stole Montgomery from yep. the Yankees uh, traded for Quintana and say for one bad start by, Quintana. I mean, Montgomery has been a Cy Young contender for the, <laughs> the, for St. Louis mm-hmm. and uh, Quintana has pitched quite well. Albert Pujol suddenly thinks it's 2009 mm-hmm. and you know, they all of a sudden the Cardinals look like they're going to be a world series contender and I think partly because they fortified the team with the trades that they made at the deadline. Uh, Of course, San Diego made all the big headlines because, you know, obviously the Juan Soto trade was uh, significant. But lest we forget, for the first time since uh, 2014, a team which at the time was in a playoff spot Traded away one of their all stars. The last time it happened was when the A's traded away Yoenis Cespedes to Boston in the John Lester deal, and the and it near the A's were the best record in the American League at the time. Almost missed the postseason after that trade, mm-hmm. and now the Brewers trade away Josh Hader, and they have fallen out of the playoff spot. The lesson is: if you're a playoff contender, don't trade away your all stars. <laughs> but that being said. Josh Hader has been a big pile of nothing. Yeah. And when that trade was made, it was made, what, August 1st, August 2nd, whenever the trade was made, I guarantee you no one was thinking, in three weeks, the Padres will be in a bullpen by committee. They mm-hmm. thought they were getting a legit, their biggest closer probably since Heath Bell, mm-hmm. and instead what they've got is uh, – uh well let's just see do the matchups and see who the best reliever is at that point for a guy they gave up five players for
0: yeah yeah oh man uh the josh Hader trade i because people would get mad at me hey man you love the soto trade it is true i did love the soto trade although i didn't think that i had to to do it um i think everyone loved it and i still love it i still think you make that trade nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten um I actually am on record for saying I gave the hater trade like a B and I gave the hater trade a B for a bunch of different reasons. Not because I saw something and I thought that his recent blowups were a sign that he was done. Uh, I don't honestly know enough about Josh Hader to know that, you know, his six inning blowups, you know, right before the deadline, that that was, you know, a sign of trouble potentially to come. It was something worth bringing up, but still for me, the two big components of this is that I actually thought the Padres bullpen wasn't that bad uh when you take into account one yes their era at the time of the trade was like 15th in the league which isn't great but their fip was eighth and when you take that into account combines with the fact that guys like drew pomeranz guys like pierce johnson right like there were some guys that were injured austin adams assuming he doesn't hit every player with the, the ball like good solid relievers that you've been performing eh, like you're okay right so for me my thing was Go after some of these guys on Miami. Go after some random guys over on Boston that you might like. Right. Go and find decent relievers that maybe will just be a little bit better than your Tim Hills and what have you, right? And instead, they decide to go big. They decided to try and get a shutdown closer, and he has not been that. And the other reason that I was nervous is despite my hatred for the Milwaukee Brewers, like believe me, I hate the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I cannot stand a team that just doesn't try and doesn't have a high payroll, and they're like, we're good. Corbin Burns isn't a free agent for a while, but it doesn't matter. Our big move will be Andrew McCutcheon, and we're going to profane competition for years, right? They don't miss on trades, though, right? Like, that was a big thing that concerned me. So they traded him, and he became kind of available quickly. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it was it was like three weeks before, then he had the blow, and all of a sudden, Josh Hader, the Milwaukee, might I was like, this is a little bit odd. It was just a little bit odd to me. So, well, don't get me wrong. I wasn't expecting him to still continue to be as disastrous as he's been, like a 21 ERA or whatever the heck have you. But those were two things that made me a little bit concerned about the trade where I was like, did you need to do this? Or could you have just gone and got, you know, Pablo Lopez of the Orioles for a little bit less, uh, right? Like Dylan Tate of the Orioles, just these okay relievers. And now you're seeing that the Padres, maybe they got a little bit too trigger happy with that one.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times you see the, uh moves that really pan out in the, for teams that want to make postseason runs sometimes are trading for a pitcher who has been okay, who suddenly gets a Mm -hmm. little bit of juice of, oh, there's a reason to go to the ballpark and you don't need them to get like, you know, you mentioned Montgomery right now, the Cardinals don't need him to pitch like Greg Maddox for 162 games. They need him to be very good for two months. And maybe a reliever who is in a moribund situation in Miami or an you know, with the Cubs or whatever team that's just kind of floating around may say, oh, there's a reason, you know, oh, there's there's a jolt. And you see that happen all the time in baseball. And mm-hmm. look we'll at we will get back to my thoughts of the post uh trade deadline Padres, which has been very strange. But mm-hmm. first I want to just bring this up. Let's say you're hanging out with a few friends and you're putting back a few drinks and a few become too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You know, you can make it home okay. What's the worst that can happen? You know what the worst that can happen is? Well, I don't know. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over? And even so, ah, what's the worst that can happen? What, your insurance goes up? Or you can lose your license, or you can lose your job, or you can total your car, or you could kill someone. Everybody knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic, often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're okay, To drive after a few drinks think again play it safe plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever get sober or get pulled over we are here with javier reyes who is the host of locked on padres now the san diego padres pulled off the trade for juan soto now one of the things that is a proverbial kick to the sack on this one I'm not sure if I just got to say <laughs> mature rating on this but one of the things that was so amazing was like, like oh you're going to get Machado in his prime mm-hmm. Soto in his prime and Tatís in his prime mm-hmm. and the news of Tatís's suspension came right on top of the acquisition of Soto yeah that we know he's going to be is even if he came back, he'd be suspended for this season and would be an ineligible for the postseason. So that marvelous trio isn't going to take place until next year. Anyway, Tatis hasn't played this year, right? He hasn't, you'll have an entire year without playing him. And it takes a lot of this luster out of Tatis. And look at eventually people turn the page and, you know, you know, people will eventually be like, you know, there, there have been suspended players who come back and, they wind up playing well and everything. But it's just that that magic quality of Tatis being the potential face of the Padres just, just isn't there anymore. And that's, that's a bit of a bummer, at least from my point of view. Um, but at the same time, you make that Soto trade 10 times out of 10 because the point I kept making leading up to it was Soto was the same age as some of the prospects that you would have to be <laughs> acquiring for him. He was 23 yeah. with six years of experience, a World Series ring, and was a World <laughs> Series hero. Yeah. You know? And so you you take that. You How often does a player like that get available? That's the same reason why you sign Manny Machado. Uh, he thinks he has a bad attitude. He's an MVP caliber player in his prime. You <laughs> sign him. To hell. Have him improve his attitude. Maybe being in San Diego, a millionaire in San Diego will improve his attitude. But the Tatis thing kind of bummed me out. But talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Tatis
0: and your thoughts of Soto uh, moving forward. With Tatis, I think, and I mentioned this on my Twitter the other day, where my kind of vibe for it is, dang it, you doofus. Yeah, My vibe isn't like, you are a disgrace to the game. I want you off, void the contract. I want him out. Now, I did intentionally put out a fake trade, that was intended, not going to lie. I was feeling I'm, I'm going, I'm working and I'm doing my work at the, at the office, which is my house. And then, you know, looking up some card info and reading up some comics that I need to do for work. I'm like, let me fire one off. Let me get some engagement because I know this will make people mad. <laughs> and I I offered, you know, Fernando Tatis for a bunch of prospects from the Yankees, including their best one, Anthony Volpe, who's a shortstop. Yeah. I think that The only thing about that mock trade that I do stand by is that it has at least become a lot more feasible that the Padres don't immediately hang up the phone on stuff. I think, especially if he is to make another mistake at his age to already have, you know, strike one. Like, if he gets another pop for another PED sort of thing, then that's an entire season and let alone the legacy and the kind of damage it does. I don't really care to get involved in PED discourse. I just think whatever. I think this stuff is weird. And I think that we don't get me wrong. You shouldn't be cheating using PDs, but I think we overrate sometimes that like, you know, James Karen of Cleveland who the Padres just played was a spider tack merchant, right? Like with, a, with the yeah. sticky stuff. Now he's back and he's great. It's almost like athletes who are good at sports might just be good at sports. You know what I mean? That You can't exactly fake yeah. talent, but that's just me. Bottom line is at his age, the fact that the hall of fame, Might be out of reach already because of this it's just so early for it to happen and it's compounded by a bunch of other mistakes usually in baseball whenever they talk about people being bad clubhouse presences whenever they talk about people being you know a little bit toxic or he rubs us the wrong way i never trust baseball with those things i trust the nba i trust the nfl and the reason for that as i've said many times on my show is because you have a lot of freddie freeman reasons To be hating on other players. Oh, his—I, you know, I didn't—we didn't get along, and I had to show him the ropes. And you know, you don't have your hair that long. You don't have eye black. The—the jewelry. You know, you don't put the glasses over the A. That's why I do not usually trust baseball when it comes to these things. However, with Fernando Tatis Jr.'s situation, the way the Padres came out with Joe Musgrove and Mike Clevenger, even who got busted in 2020 for his uh, errors and whatnot and Manny Machado who once upon a time was a, a problem guy and whatnot and AJ Preller like there were so many people out there being very v- like the 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 comments they made weren't just yeah hey, you know what I mean like we're really disappointed and frustrated but we're rooting for him and hope he gets back it was like hey like you he don't want to be here to paraphrase Manny Machado right like he, it's whatever we'll be without him I thought that was really damning and when you combine that with the fact that he's had other things before with not electing to get shoulder surgery, which he is now, but he didn't do that in the off season, right? With the fact that he had the motorcycle incident, right? With the the flare up in the dugout last year that went viral on social media with Manny Machado. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Right? I was bringing that up regarding Machado. Yeah, yeah. there's, unlike the Freddie Freeman with Ronald Acuna thing, unlike the Marlins with Jazz Chisholm, who he, what he wears to the ballpark, allegedly is annoying people, right? All these coded language that makes baseball so toxic and culturally problematic. Tatis is different. We've actually seen tangible things that make me would believe players. And I know this is a long winded point, but it's kind of like, that's my thing. So I absolutely think that the Tatis thing is a problem. Um, But I will say Juan Soto, not the problem. Uh, He's been awesome. 286 average, 438 on base, which is obscene, by the way. Yeah and he's hit two home runs, it has not been his fault at all. He has nope. succeeded in every way. He's performed better for the Padres. Defense needs to be worked on a little bit. I think he got into some bad habits at Washington, um, personally. I think he'll be fine, but he's, I think he picked up some bad habits playing for a really bad team. Um, yeah. So hopefully he gets better there. But it's just, like you said, it was supposed to be this murderer's row, and that changes a lot of things. Jerkson Profar, who he's really tight with, uh, he's having a good season. Has been pretty bad ever since the news came out, coincidentally. Uh, about his friend basically getting popped for this thing and it's it's rough in Padres land but I'm not at this he's a disgrace thing I'm just like oh my god you dumb fool and like I totally get why AJ Preller the manager of the Padres would be upset he's probably like what the heck you know what I mean like there's a lot of people that get affected by this we just traded our whole farm system and then you're not going to be here so it's it's a whole lot of things and as you can see very passionate uh subject that I'm on yeah well do you
1: know who didn't take PEDs James Shields. Mm. So maybe you should try to trade uh, Tatis back for Shields and see what Mm. you can get.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. James Shields, uh, just a a great, a San Diego legend, dare I say. Really, truly, uh, dare I say the best pitcher the Padres have had since Trevor Hoffman, dare I say.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh there for the James Shields retirement ceremony. (laughs) Javier Reyes is the host of Locked on Padres. Um, There's frustration in Padre land. There was high hopes for Padres and frustration. Uh, let me just check right now. As of right now, the uh, the good news for the Padres is that Milwaukee is still losing. <laughs> I'm going to make the case that the Padres are having a perfect summer. Ooh. <laughs> I have a metric. <laughs> I use a specific metric. And, and I think this is the ultimate test for this. Uh, Mm -hmm. I came up with this a couple of years ago. It's called the Summer Score. And (laughs) here's the idea behind it. The job of a baseball team is to be a form of entertainment in the summer. We sometimes lose track of that. We lose track that this is supposed to be summer entertainment. That all summer long, whether you're at home, whether you're at the cookout, whether you're at the beach, whether you're doing something, you turn on the radio, you watch it on your device or whatever, and there's your team. And baseball is different from other sports because your team is a companion for the summer. They play yeah. they play five, six, seven times a week. You get to know the ins and outs. You get to know the people in the bullpen. You get to know the middle relievers and utility infielders. You get to know when players are slumping and everything like that. You can't get too high for every loss. You can't get too low, but you can't, you got to sort of ride it because it's your companion for entertainment for the summer. Now, psychologically, summer begins around Memorial Day. So, this is how I, for those of you followed, you know, I've referred to the summer score, but, you know, when you say, oh, you're first place on May 1st, who cares? It's too early Mm. in the season. But starting the day after Memorial Day, that's when you wake up it's summertime if you look at the standings and your team is in a playoff spot after Memorial Day that's a positive thing now here's how it works between Memorial Day and the end of June every day your team is in a playoff spot or tied for a playoff spot you get one point for all of July every day you get two points because it's a little more it's it a little deeper in the summer. We're still, mm-hmm. we're still a playoff team.
0: Okay.
1: Because the because the Angels have a summer score because they were at first they were a wild card team yeah. in early June. <laughs> every day in August, it's three points. You wake up, how are we doing? Oh, we're still a playoff team. We're still a playoff team. Now, in September, if you are in a playoff spot in September, you get four points every day. Cause like, oh my God, it's coming, we're coming down the stretch. And along this point, if you're mm-hmm. only one game back, when you wake up, we're only one game back of a playoff spot, you get one point because it's like, oh, we could go there. Today, we could be a, you know, so there's that energy. Mm-hmm. Now, keeping that in mind, as of right now, a perfect summer score would be 164. The following teams, as of this recording, have perfect summer scores the Astros. The Yankees, believe it or not, the Blue Jays, even though they fired their manager, the yeah. Dodgers, the Mets, and drumroll, please, the Padres. Woo! Not for one day since Memorial Day have the Padres fallen out of a playoff spot. If you're a Padres fan, every day since Memorial Day, how are we doing? Well, we'll be a wild card team this year. The Cardinals don't have a perfect... Summer score? Nope. The Braves don't have a perfect summer score. The and you know some teams have very high summer scores who have fallen out, like the Minnesota Twins, like the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. So they're going to look back. So we got a high summer score, but we don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So and the you know, the Orioles have a summer score of six because two days in July they were tied for a wild card spot, mm-hmm. but. Using that metric of every day you wake up, you check the standings. Every day since Memorial Day to right now, a Padre fan can say, who we're a playoff team. Oh, we're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So you can make the argument with that being your metric, <laughs> they are having mwah, Chef's Kiss a perfect summer.
0: Let me it tell you it doesn't feel like perfect summer, does it? <laughs> no, but look, let me tell you something. You you just haven't lost a step. Like, at all. Like, just, you still have the, the great bits. This is amazing. I love it. Who needs stats? Who needs fan graphs? Who needs no. baseball reference, all right? You know what I want to look at? Whatever stat this is, because I, I, I love it. I enjoy it. But you do make a good point that the Padres have never actually fallen out of the playoffs by, right? That's pretty good. Now, I would wonder what their summer score was last year at this point.
1: Oh, you what? Let me look it up. Oh, like, he's got the, it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm going to get my summer score. Summer Hopefully score, this
0: doesn't final. result in Padres fans getting depressed. <laughs>
1: oh, it, they had a good one.
0: Oh, they did? Oh, okay.
1: okay. Okay, here it is. The final tally for 2021. Okay, a perfect summer score last year would have been 322. Okay? The following, the following teams had perfect summer scores last year. The White Sox – the Rays, oh, yeah. the Dodgers, and the Giants. Okay, mm-hmm. only one team had a summer score higher than two hundred or two hundred or higher, and did not make the postseason. The San Diego Padres. Yes, there it is. <laughs> had a summer <laughs> score of two hundred and did not make the and did not make the postseason. Let me put it this way. The Padres' summer score was 200. The World Series champion Atlanta Braves was 194. <laughs> they had a better summer point. score than the team that won the World Series. Because the Padres were had a playoff spot between May 31st and June 12th. They fell out, and then from June 18th, until August 22nd, and they were w- one game out of a playoff spot as late as September 17th. As late as yeah. September 17th, a I Padre fan could look at the stands and <laughs> like, hey, enough. we're only one game out.
0: Move on. I can't do this. I'm getting PTSD from this. It was it 200. Was rough. It was rough. The
1: World Series champion had 194.
0: I will say about the Padres this year, I think that's this is where a lot of the anxiety with where like you got to keep the foot on the pedal is coming from, and I know you attested to earlier. Like you know, teams that win the deadline, like maybe we we keep doing this every year, the teams that make the big splash, but then it's always these teams doing these little moves and that that yeah. are still moves. Again, we I criticized Cleveland earlier; they didn't make a move, move, uh, and I think they should have, um, even if it wasn't a giant one. Like you know, maybe they could have got Sean Murphy out of Oakland; that would have been good for them, but. I think that with the Padres, I will say with this year, that I'm hoping that guys like Jury and Bell that things just aren't firing on all cylinders yet, and that it still has been. All right, we're recovering from the Tatis thing, and I'm literally on a drive to my friend's place in D.C. and I freak out, and he thinks someone died as he's driving, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" and you know, like that type of thing. Maybe it's just this weird phase of like almost they need to be humbled following everything right like following the craziness they need to be like all right look still a lot of work i still like a lot of the players on the team man i still like darvish i still like musgrove i still like Manaya as a five i know he's been bad this year but like as a five that's fine and then you have blake snell performing better and then you darvish has been very very quietly awesome this year I, like i really i really think that darvish is at a quietly like a great bounce back year so there's still just there's a lot of talent right like I'm really hopeful that this is a team that can rebound from it but you know it's it's tricky it does make me feel better that Milwaukee didn't necessarily improve um, at the deadline even the Cardinals attempted to do that with Quintana and Montgomery but uh, it's just dicey. it's weird it's like you said we you started off the pod saying this it is a very hard team to figure out what the going on with them right because at some points they're like the best team in baseball they look amazing and you're like manny machado is gonna win the mvp and blah 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 they have the great first game when jury hits the grand slam and all that stuff and then they're losing to the nationals and they're getting shut out by cleveland completely and then we're all in mass hysteria maybe that's just how the baseball season goes maybe that's just how it goes how it rolls but there are it's this is baseball man and like you said with the braves they can win the playoffs man I've said this a hundred times the Dodgers absent 2020 they blow it every year so like I'm not overly concerned as long as they make the postseason that's the big thing
1: let me just point out a couple of things of the summer score last year okay. uh, the Padres were a playoff team on September 13th mm. the Cincinnati Reds were a playoff team on September 14th the Cardinals were a playoff team on May 31st and then not again until September 15th. (laughs) And then they went on their roll and went to the wild card game.
0: That's hilarious. I will say with the cards, uh, with the Montgomery thing, it is also, I haven't looked it up, but it's also possible. They have like 97 gold glovers on their team. So maybe that helps like his earned runs go over a little bit better. But even still before then, I was a little surprised because Montgomery is like the definition of just fine. Like yeah. he, he's a guy that's just going to go five, six, give up three, probably no more, no less. If you have a good team, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like it's awesome to have that guy at the back end, especially for a team that's lacking some starting pitching that they do. And they're relying York. on 44 year olds. <laughs> Wayne Wright, who's still going, man. It, it's like someone woke him up and he's like, I'm going to try and make a hall of fame run at age 45. <laughs> like that's what I'm going to try and do. They now.
1: just, it's the 2006 world series all over again. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring up 2006 to a Padre fan, but what are you going to do? Well, what's also awesome is Javier Reyes, the host of Lockdown Padres. Javier, tell us a little people where they can
0: follow uh, the show. Uh, you can find me, first of all, at javipeno. J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, dare I say the best Twitter handle of the Lockdown MLB folks. All uh, the well, I'll, agree. I'll agree, I'll agree. Sully baseball yeah. is pretty good yeah, I really put a lot of
1: effort into yeah, my just a lot of effort into Sully <laughs> Baseball.
0: Uh and then you can follow the account at L O underscore Padres where I tweet exclusively about Padres stuff. Um and then follow the YouTube. I've been on a little bit of a break from the podcast, but this show is my my return. My return to the top, hopefully. Uh hopefully this is maybe that's why the Padres haven't been uh, yeah, I go, right? yeah I gotta it, get back to posting work it's instantly. your fault it's it your is, fault. It is absolutely my my fault so everybody go check that out I wear different shirts on each episode and you can that's just a reason for you to check it out hopefully going to improve that video quality too and yeah follow me on there I wrote about the Jeter documentary and my favorite lies from it if you want to check that out too <laughs> um, at justbaseball.com and yeah as always man it's just a blast being uh, on this show for what feels like the 95th time uh, there you go. <laughs> we've done a crossover to guys. So well, yeah, but it, it's twice. been
1: too long and, uh, you can follow us at lockdown On pod same handle on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully baseball on Twitter. Sully baseball podcast on Instagram. Explain to Javier Reyes why you cannot ask, nor can you get a more perfect summer than what the Padres have given their fans. <laughs> this has been locked on MLB. We're recording this on the 24th day of August. Who knows when the heck it's going to drop. I'm here with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me.